Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. Show's namesake, BJ Shea is on assignment. Running the boards is Joey D's. Yeah, it's Wednesday. Wednesday. It's kind of like a Disney Plus day all day, every day, because we'll be talking about Miss Marvel and Obi-Wan. We'll get down and dirty with, uh, well, Sith Lords, possibly, at this point in time. And before that, we will ask Dr. Dice and get our tabletop RPG advice from Mr. Rob Whelan. And, of course, we'll finish up with the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. more. Or just search BJ Shea's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, on the Odyssey app. So many ways to get a hold of us. Let us know how you feel about not only like the Disney Plus uh, series that they've got going on, but so much more as well. And if you've got your own questions, well, maybe you've got an issue at your table and uh, you need to, you know, make it happen with a... Good old advice from Dr. Dice. Tabletop RPGs can be fun for everyone involved, but sometimes a question will arise that you just can't answer. For those times, you need to call the experts. Trouble at the table? Uh. Need some advice? All you gotta do is ask Dr. Dice. And our Dr. Dice is the one, the only Rob Whelan. Rob, I'm so happy that we've got you in here to... uh, to make those diagnoses and uh, correct the problems that might be occurring in the role-playing world. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, I feel like we need to come up with some sort of catchphrase with a diagnosis now, (laughs) but uh, that may just be me. Well, you can work on that at a later date. (laughs) We'll workshop some stuff later. It'll be fine. Um, So this question is a pretty interesting one because sometimes people do get a little bit tired of their characters, but they want to remain in the same campaign. And this question is, one of my players wants to change character. What do I do? Um, let them. (laughs) Okay, thanks for coming out, everybody. We'll see you next time. We need a longer explanation on that. Okay, 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 okay. okay. So, um, I think for it's tough because sometimes players have an idea and then they, you know, they, they get the character out, uh, out in there and it doesn't play for whatever reason, whether it's the, the, the character build is wrong or, uh, the, there are story elements that come at them that they don't necessarily like or, or, or whatever. And they want, want to try something different and it's perfectly fine. Um, I tend to have, uh, uh, a, a lemon law when it comes to characters in that, uh, it, you know, if if it's the first couple of sessions and you're like, I'm not feeling it or, you know, I, I wish I had built it this way instead of that way. Fine, do it. Re- rewrite your character. No harm, no foul. I mean, we're all we're we're all playing different systems and different systems have different expectations. And we don't necessarily know ahead of time what those expectations are going to be. Um, I look at it like um, a pilot for a TV show uh, where a lot of times the characters and the situation in the pilot are different than the ones that happen in the game. Like actors change or they're like, no, it's got to be on a boat or no, they've got to, you know, they were mercenaries. Now they have to own an ice cream shop and (laughs) it it just kind of happens. If you're 
if you're within a campaign, I think what really helps in this situation is working with that player to come up with a an ending to that character. Um, like you don't automatically kill them off, yeah. but talk to them yeah. like, OK, how do you let's figure this out? How do you want this character to go out? You know, do you want them to this to be a final exit? Do you want it to be a like, maybe I'm going to play this other character for a little while and then come back to it? Um, you know, figure out how to end that character's story for the time being and then bring in their new character and, you know, the next session or or that session, if, if you feel like it again. It, it it feels like a TV series to me. Like, you know, do you want do you want the actor to go out knowing that they could come back and do like, you know, some guest shots or are you uh, have you decided no, th this character isn't working at all? You know, we need to kill them. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe they can die to shock the audience to be like, oh, my gosh, this is the you know, this is the legitimate threat. Um, but if a, a person wants to change their character, that that's fine. If you as the GM have specific story um, beats in mind for that character, there you may also want to see if maybe those beats can be moved to a different character because that happens a lot in scripted shows as well too where well yeah uh you know that actor uh you know that actor got fired but we still have this storyline that we had kind of started well maybe the maybe someone else inherits the curse or or, or what have you and it's also interesting on that aspect as well because you also have to put a little bit of consideration into the relationship that character has with the other characters and how that can influence um, those other characters' stories as well. Mm -hmm. Very much so, very much so. I mean, it, that's why, it, like, it, it's a good idea to make sure... That, that's why I think it's a good idea to have that ending to it as opposed to just, oh, well, they... Um, went to the airport and decided to, you know, uh, start a new career as a uh, Amway salesman. You know, anyway, here's Bill. Um, because making that ending a part of the story allows the other characters to, and the other players to kind of have their sort of final moments with that character to be like, OK, you know, we'll see you next time and, and hug them and, and let them go off on uh, into the into the great unknown. One of um one of my own personal experiences with this was that uh in the campaign in one of the campaigns I was playing in, my character was the bodyguard for another character, and that was how he was brought into the whole thing. And that uh that player got kind of tired of the character, and so he wanted that character to be written out. And so what ended up happening was that uh his character didn't necessarily get um, his story completed. So like you were talking with transferring the character's story, I was sort of like, okay, well, he didn't die. He just got like basically an uncurable, you know, illness that he had, you know, bedridden in that. So it was now my character was now taking up that mantle of that other character's quest to find out, you know, more information, get more things, do more stuff and kind of complete that. And I was able to kind of integrate that story to give my character uh, uh, another reason to still be down there since his one reason was protect the guy who, well, he didn't really protect, so that was kind of a problem, too. 
<laughs> well, that, that's that's more for like a employee review issue, I guess. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, how did you like your experience? Well, I caught a uh, uncurable disease and I had to leave. So one star. One star. Ooh, that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna hurt your your bodyguard Yelp. Yeah, yeah my dungeon Yelp. <laughs> dungeon Yelp. Oh man. Um, yeah, I mean, um, I think that. I, I I I think that that a lot of tables do deal with this because it it, it even if it's not another, even if it's a situation where it's not oh I'm done playing this character but it, this also applies to situations like oh I got a new job and I have to move to Florida like you know the key is making sure that that story resolves in a satisfying way whether it is a final resolution or a uh, a to be continued resolution um and as long as as long as everybody is happy with it then uh you've successfully negotiated that that strange quirk of gaming logistics <laughs> uh some more awesome advice from rob wheeland our dr dice you as well can ask dr dice by just sending sending us an email bjgeeknation at gmail.com or finding us on our social medias just put somewhere in like the subject header or at least somewhere that you're uh looking to ask dr dice to sell uh to solve all of your problems and give you that good diagnosis on what is at the core issue Thank you so much, Rob. Thank you for having me. Ask Dr. Dice is brought to you by the Theater of the Mind Players. Are you looking for a new game? Theater of the Mind Players play all the great RPGs besides D&D. Check out their YouTube channel or wherever you can find their podcasts for the games that they've played and more information. Now let's talk about those Disney Plus shows. Uh, we'll start off with a little Obi-Wan because it's fun. We're up to the pen ultimate episode, episode five. It's only a six episode series at this point in time. And we weren't here for last week. And uh, so we didn't talk about episode four, but it's still going along the same lines of Obi-Wan trying to rescue the, probably the best actor in the star Wars universe, little baby Leia. And I am not up to date. I have not seen this last one because, and I quote, my little brother wanted to watch the princess movie. The, which Bra- pr- which Brave. Pr- oh, okay. It's like the princess movie. Which one is that? He loves the bears. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> of well, well, we'll be pretty spoiler free at this point in time. Um, but also at that aspect, uh, I don't think we will really, there's not a whole lot to give away because it's still this galactic chase. Um, we're seeing Reva and dealing with uh, chasing down uh, uh, Obi-Wan at Darth Vader's behest. And it was really interesting at this point in time because up until this point, we have it's been Hayden Christensen in the Darth Vader suit, and but they've been using James Earl Jones's voice, which I don't know if they got him to re-record it and modulate or if they're using AI to use it. Who knows at this point because they're using a lot of deep fake technology, yeah. and it got really good in this one actually because we got to see Obi Wan and. Uh, Anakin in a before times where they were dueling and kind of leading in and kind of uh, forecasting what was going to be happening in the show as we're going along and having a little bit of a teachable moment as it goes along. Oh, yeah. I was kind of surprised. I mean, he kind of looks a little old still. (laughs) Yeah. And that was maybe just because, oh, they're, I I was going to say maybe just because they would be a little bit older in terms of just like, oh, maybe it was a little bit closer to Order 66 sort of thing. But he still had like the Padawan braid. So I felt like maybe they just didn't use a whole lot of that 
like re- like weird sort of Mark Hamill regressive stuff that they've used in uh, the Mandalorian. Yeah, and, it doesn't uh, look like a lot projects. of makeup. But Obi Wan looked older, which was smart or yeah. in a way because he was supposed to be older. <laughs> His hair was a little thinner, like than I remembered yeah. from the other ones. Yeah, but it was good. Oh, man, I, I go back and forth with this show so much because, like, part of me is like, yeah, I bet if, you know, I was the target audience, this show would be pretty awesome to watch. But the other part of me is like, man, there are aspects that could be so much better if it was just, like, more, like, a little darker and a little bit more adult-themed. Because, okay, yeah. You know, there are just things that happen that are kind of off-screen or, like, the violence is off-screen or stuff like yeah. that. And it's just like, oh, but, man, if we could really see Darth Vader really do things, it'd be cool. Well, and that was the thing, too, in this one. Like, you don't necessarily get to see a lot of his super brutality, which I was I was surprised when they showed in, like, one of the first two episodes, two or three episodes, where they saw the Stormtrooper get cut in half by the barrier. That was kind of a surprising aspect. Yeah. Like, I know they like to cut people in half in Star Wars, and we've seen it with Darth mm-hmm. Maul and a whole bunch of different things. Like, cutting them in half and, like, cutting off their arms are, like, just, like, these are our Star Wars things, and we're always going to be doing them. Um, but I thought that maybe they would show a little bit more. They did show just his raw power in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there yeah. were some things where I was just like, oh, this is so effing cool. Like, just the whole thing where he was dealing with, like, the the the, the Star Freighter. Yeah. I was just yeah. like, okay, this is the Vader I want to see. This is why he should be the most badass villain yeah, like, of all time. And that's probably why, because, like, those scenes are so cool. But then the rest of the, like, the, the order or whatever are so stupid. And I'm just <laughs> like, what? what is going on? Why? The Stormtroopers have always been dum-dums, though. Well, it's just so funny. It's like, where, where's Obi-Wan? Well, I have him locked behind this door and you're like why is he behind the door i don't know open the door he's not there he's not there and you're like <laughs> what, what is going on and like it just you know and it's it's fine because it yeah. doesn't really matter but it's just one of those things where i'm like things just happen in this show but then think the cool things happen and i'm like yeah cool things it redeems happen. it enough yeah. to be like okay i'm down for it yeah or it's like no one can fix the 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 door and i'm like but leia's small enough to fix it i'm like but why would you ever construct a door i mean you wouldn't you'd make the panel big enough for you you built it like why well that's why they have droids man <laughs> it was just it's just one of those things that she's like doop doop i'm eight i can do this and i'm like yeah it's oh, she's cute ten. well yeah, 10 she's, in the show yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. the best part is is though that you know like like she's such she's such a good actor that I'm like happy that they're involving her in more stuff and not just being the you know lost you know whatever you know the the thing that needs to be saved at the moment whether it be a baby Yoda or a baby Leia like she's a really good actor and man I I, I hope that they're able to do some more stuff I would love to see maybe like a little Leia series. Like, just a little bit later on, like, maybe when she's, like, I don't know, when the kid gets up a little bit older, you know, maybe, like, 12 to 14, if she's still in the acting world sort of thing. It'd be pretty amazing. I know she didn't do much, much, but I'd love to see, like, we saw a glimpse of it in one of the movies. I want to see her work and use her Jedi powers. Yeah. Because like, but that that would be after nineteen, I think. And they're showing a lot of the stuff that's going on, even with uh, like her being at least some sort of force sensitive, like being able to mm-hmm. sense feelings, being able to do certain things, which uh, were alluded to basically in the last movie, Rise of Skywalker. It was kind of not even shown anything up until maybe the last Jedi with the whole like exploding out of the uh out of the 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 uh the spacecraft scene mm-hmm. where yep. everyone had a big issue with that. But it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, she should have those powers. Look who she comes from. 
It just doesn't manifest in the same way, or maybe just no, nobody ever gave her a chance because, well, she's Leia, she's a girl, and Luke was the one prophesized. I don't know. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm hey, really excited. with the prophesized man. He just restored yeah, right, balance, man, okay? I, he did restore balance. He brought the dark yeah. side back. Yeah, there's no prophecies anymore, man. I'm yeah, ready. Right. I do what it. I want. I'm a Palpatine. <laughs> I'm a Palpatine. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God, yes. We're not <laughs> worrying about that. We're going to uh. focus on what they're going to do to finish up this series. There's one more episode left that is coming out today. Uh, we're not going to spoiler it for anyone up until next week. Next week, we'll probably get a little down and dirty when it comes down to it. See how they finish it, whether or not Joe has an issue with it. Probably if there's no time travel, it'll be okay. Yeah, you know, I mean, like I said, this, this is this has actually probably been the best Disney series that I've enjoyed yeah. in terms of at least what they're doing. Like, I might not like, it might not hit me in the feels or anything like that, but I do like the arc. Like, okay, yeah. it's a unique story. They're bending the rules a little bit, but whatever. They already did that in 7, 8, and 9. The rules are out the window. Oh, yeah, the rules yeah. are just, yeah, whatever you want to do. As long as you yeah. can fit it inside of these aspects. And I just do, I, I love the fact that they have, you know, from episode 1 to episode 9, they have this entire arc and this timeline to play with. And they're bringing in characters and sometimes giving them the end date for a character, like in The Mandalorian uh, or with the Book of Boba Fett with Cad Bane, who is a really popular bounty hunter mercenary bad guy in... Uh, 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 the Clone Wars yeah. in the animated series and you get to see some other uh, characters like the Grand Inquisitor and you get to kind of see some of the end dates for characters so they can kind of fill them in as they're going along and I mean they can just hop through any time and date and any sort of thing going along with all of that so I really like what you can do in this entire universe yeah and if the last episode is an Obi-Wan Vader payoff It'll be worth it all in the end. You yeah, know? like and just being able to see that, and that's what they're leading to. So I'm yeah. really excited to see where they're going to go with all of that. Now, moving on to another Disney Plus series. Uh, it's only I know you guys haven't seen it yet, and only as of now, there's only three episodes out. I've only seen the first two episodes, but I want to glow up Miss Marvel a lot for people because I think one of the biggest compliments it could have gotten came from my wife when we were watching, and I noticed an Easter egg from another Marvel property, and I was like, oh. That's that's a thing from this thing. And my wife was like, oh, I forgot that this was an MCU series. And it plays so well that you don't even have to really know necessarily a whole lot about the MCU to be remind to just have fun with this. And yes, Miss Marvel revolves around Kamala Khan, who is born in Jersey City, New Jersey, to immigrants and dealing with the Pakistani American life and trying to integrate with all of that, integrate very Peter Parker style into her high school, trying to fit in and doing all those. So those themes are there. And there's definitely a lot of stuff going around with the Avengers. But when it gets down to the base of it, it's about a kid trying to fit in, getting something that is akin to superpowers, and then trying to deal with all of that. So you can not have a whole lot of information because they do fill in a bunch of things that are really cool in just the aspect of like her character's uh, perception of what went down. There's a couple of fun Easter eggs. There's a bunch of that sort of stuff if you're into that. But just getting like, why does she... Why does she love uh, Captain Marvel? She'll explain it a little bit. The things in, like, even all the different Avengers, like the first episode revolves around them going to the first Avengers Con, which if you've ever been to a convention, you'll understand, you'll be able to see all of that and get that vibe and understand why she's so into this fandom. But the one thing that you should really take from this is the style is so different from anything else that's been a Marvel property. They bring in, it's almost like when you watch an Edgar Wright movie and he's 
like incorporating music in with some uh, a lot of the stuff there's an incorporation of both like graphics the background stuff that is going along with text messaging and just how they're incorporating that with the background as they're walking along the art style almost seems very into the spider verse in some to- some tones and it's just how things change around her and how they incorporate like even just like a a sort of like you know YouTube Instagram instant gratification sort of uh, uh, aspect of it all, but it's played really well, and it kind of gets you at least for me like a peek into like even just like teen thoughts and how they incorporate and do stuff now with technology. Different world out there. It is. It's a big different world, but you can kind of see that because a lot of the kids are doing things and the parents don't understand, and I'm on that aspect of it, um, just being like, well, why do the kids do these sort of things? And you get to kind of see where they're going with that. Um, But it still revolves around a hero's journey. It's one of those uh, you know, staples for all of it. There is a bit of a menace that they're seeing at this point in time, but there doesn't seem to be like a villain that is a antithesis of Kamala Khan at this point in time. There's not like an evil Marvel or anything like that. And we'll have to see how it goes about whether or not it's just going to be the uh, government baddies, which it seems to be at this point in time. Um, but it's really fun. And it's a good also peek into the immigrant life and also just stuff that's happening in terms of learning about other cultures, learning a little bit about the Pakistani life as well. So it was kind of it's fun just to see how all of that is working through. I really do recommend it. I think people should check this out. And it's, I think, really good for a little bit more of the younger crowd, kind of the 10-plus sort of crowd when it comes down to it. Uh, I think old and new fans alike will have a treat with this. And I'm excited to see, especially with, like, Vicky, and uh, just see how much you like this or uh, how interested you are in it. And I feel like even the power change that they've done with Kamala Khan, which we've noted in the past, uh, it, it doesn't detract from it. It's still a really good way to kind of put all of this out there. But now it is time for The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got? I want to give a shout out to all the ladies out there listening. Shout it out! Because you are awesome. Aw. And the reason I wanted to give that shout out is because there's a lot of female characters that are coming in that we're really enjoying. Some that are gender swapped, which they work out great. Some of them, it's like, well, it didn't really matter. Mm-hmm. But whether or not they were gender swapped or they decided to cast a woman like last second because they found the perfect actress, I found major female roles that were originally meant to be played by men. Oh, okay. And some of these are, you know, common knowledge. Some of these are kind of like a Doctor Who situation where they were played by men for a very long time and now they're a woman kind okay. of situation. Okay, fair enough, fair enough, yeah. Uh, but the first one on this list is Ellen Ripley in the Alien series who was played by Sigourney Weaver. Wait, she was supposed to be a, a man? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. So she, I mean, she is an iconic character, like mm-hmm, absolutely, especially in sci-fi. But apparently, originally, Ripley was supposed to be a man, and the whole crew in the original script was male. And by the time Alien went into production, the roles had been uh, diversified, uh, with Ripley emerging as the film's heroine and eventually the sole survivor. Uh, of the way the character evolved, Scott said, "I just thought, what would you think of Ripley as a woman? She would be the last one. You would, you would think she would survive. She's beautiful." That was part of it, but also she's badass. Yeah, straight up, 100% badass. Another one, M in the eight James Bond films, played by Dame Judi Dench. That's right, because she, well, God, was she before uh, Daniel Craig, or was she uh, M as Daniel Craig? 
Or um, with uh, the James Bond as, you know, Daniel Craig as James Bond. So she was in, no, like even before uh, Daniel uh, Craig. So okay, GoldenEye, okay. Tomorrow Never Dies. So GoldenEye is 95, Tomorrow Never Dies, 97. The World Is Not Enough, 99. Die oh. Another Day, 2002. Casino Royale, 2006. Quantum of Solace, 2008. Skyfall, 2012. And Spectre in 2015. Okay, fair enough then. Wow. Uh, so uh, she has now exited. So she's already played, uh, played her in eight Bond films. Ralph... Uh, Fine. Ray, 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 Fine. Yeah, Ray I, Fines. I always yeah. do that. I, I, I always try to. I always focus on the fines, and then I forget about the first name. <laughs> Ray Fines. Yeah, ended up picking up where she left off. Um, but yeah, she's uh, she's pretty. She's badass. I, by the way, if you follow, I think her grandson on TikTok or Facebook, <laughs> she's apparently a riddle master. Really? He'll like call her up on FaceTime or when he's hanging out with her, he'll give her a rid- riddle and she'll sit there for a minute and she'll guess it. Damn. She's like, I think he's only caught her once that I've seen so far. That's so that, amazing. That was pretty awesome. This one's not a nerdy one, but I feel like I need to bring her up because she is badass. Okay. Have you all seen the 40 year old virgin? Yes. Yeah. So the character that Jane Lynch plays, which was the boss or manager of Steve Carell's character, mm-hmm. that was originally supposed to be a, a man. So Jane Lynch owes this role to Steve Carell's <laughs> wife. So comedian and actor Nancy Walls told Carell that there should be more women in the movie, so the store manager was changed from male to female. The role wasn't just handed to Lynch, though she had to earn it. While improvising with other actors, she nailed the part. She also added a new dimension to sexual harassment in the workplace. Yeah, that was like one of those ones where I'm like, yeah, she's really coming off with a lot of dude energy, so that now makes a lot of sense. And the thing with, uh, I feel like that was like her big stepping stone for her. To becoming like a big household name. Oh yeah, because she sure. made it into Glee, I think, right after yeah, that. Shortly right? after, yeah, I yeah, think. and yeah. she was. Didn't she play the gym teacher in Glee? Yes. Yeah. yeah, and so it was that same kind of like this is more traditionally like a male type role that mm-hmm. would especially with the energy meanie. she, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the energy she was exuding, or even so much in like Wreck It Ralph, too. Calhoun. Yeah, she yeah, played, yeah. Uh, she played Calhoun in it. Oh, she was fantastic. I love it. Uh, another one. Uh, I feel like we have mixed feelings on this movie, and I'm going to guess very much Joe. Uh, uh-oh. Interstellar. Oh, this movie was good. Yeah. It was which, time travel, wasn't I, it? Or not time. Yeah, well, time travel. Well, it's sort of sort time of, travel yeah. because they really based it on the science of uh, uh, how a black hole distorts time. Mm-hmm. So it, they didn't, like, go back in time, and time is a flat circle, sort of like all that that like big brain sort of thing. So it wasn't. So bad. I'm just kind of curious about which character was uh, gender swapped for this one. Uh, it was actually th- one character, three actresses. Uh, wh- what? Uh, it's Cooper, who's played by Matthew McConaughey. It was his child, Murph. Oh, Originally, yeah. it was a boy, but Nolan decided to make a change. Maybe because my eldest child is a girl, I decided to change Murph into a girl. I found that came very naturally to me, writing the relationship between father and daughter. Played by Jessica Chastain, Ellen Burst- Burstyn... And Mackenzie Foy. So it was little kid, birth, adult Jessica Chastain, and then grandma. Yeah, I feel like the father-daughter relationship's a lot better there. Because they do have the father-son relationship in that one. But his son, I think, plays, uh, plays more of the farmer. Yes. And he's kind of abandoned, where the daughter is the scientist. Yes. Yeah, later yeah, on. yeah. And they don't really do time travel, right? Because it's more like he's just affecting the past but he's already lived it. He doesn't yeah. actually go back. Yeah, it's that, yeah. That, well, again, does... the, the time is the flat circle. Everything is already and happening and has happened and will happen sort of thing. But he does see his daughter like as an old lady, and they yeah. do t- like, talk at the very end, but I think he like leaves again at the end. Yeah. Uh, another one, this is, mm, 
I don't know if you guys are going to remember this scene because it was a long time ago and they were only in one episode and it was very, very, I was very mad. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that should probably give it away that it was Game of Thrones. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Please so, be a good prequel. <laughs> <laughs> so this character is Carsey, originally meant to be played as a man, but it was a woman. She only appeared in one episode in season five, but Carsey left an impression with viewers. In Hard Home, um, so the actress is Bridget Hjort Sorensen. I'm guessing that's how you say okay. the, the name. Uh, so her clan sh- chief and wildling elder is tough and ready to kick White Walker. But but uh, the person who directed the episode said Carisi was originally written as a man. So she's the chief of this particular wildling Oh, group. yeah. They wanted to show another dimension to the wildling's plight as the dark forces close in on the north when the warrior and mother faces off with White Walker's children. The end result is powerful. So she was real a baddie and then ends up getting turned into a white walker at the very end of the episode. See, I don't I, be- I don't even remember that at all. Yeah. Well, I think we it's one of those like do I really want to but I kind of want to go back. I don't. Re-watch. We we went we were going to go back and watch the uh we were going back and watching waiting for I think like uh, the last season to come out mm-hmm. and we went and we watched most of the first season mm-hmm. cuz they had like a blu-ray enhanced version that gotcha. kind of talked a little bit more about it and got a little bit deeper and it was fun and then I just realized how much of it there was and I was like okay I don't necessarily need all of this and then basically the last season just killed all of yeah. my vibes even looking back on Facebook memories and I see me talking about yes, it I've been deleting my posts yeah I was like you know it's not so bad and I'm like eh. no I'm talking about the ones like complaining why are you guys spoiling this this is such a great show you guys suck yeah and it's just like well I mean it looked good <clears throat> the end yeah. That's the only thing I can stick to at that point. Why? God, why? (laughs) Uh, I'm just going through all of these. Uh, Some of the ones that I think are pretty badass. Zula and Conan the Destroyer, played by Grace Jones. Yes. Like, this might be too early for both of you. I've seen her. I've seen Grace Jones as it, but I've never seen the movie. Oh, she's badass in this movie. So, yeah. like, And that's just one of those things where you see this woman who is just... Basically, like, just a badass warlord. So Zula was a reluctant student of sorcery in the uh, Conan comics of royal blood and the last of his kind, but Grace Jones played a satisfying female version of the character. Mm-hmm. She held the screen with the imposing Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Uh, another one, which is, I think, a really good call because she nailed this role. This is her role. Katie Sackoff, Starbuck, and Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, I And this nev- is the new one. Yeah, I never watched uh, the new Battlestar, which is still very old at this point in time. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people were a little poo-poo about having Starbuck being a woman. And by your and BJ's accounts, mm-hmm. she did fantastic. Yes. I had no idea she, that she yeah. was supposed to be a man. Well, yeah. I think I did the original, the yeah, original, the original Starbuck. Yeah, the original yeah. Starbuck was uh, a man. I don't remember who played him, but it was a, a big name. And a bunch of nerds are really mad at me right it's now. too bad that series yeah. got rushed because it had a good story. Yeah, like the last season, I was like, okay. Like, I get it. It was one of those, like, there's only... Like a certain number of, of numbers that are Cylons or whatever. Because yeah. there's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. All of a sudden there's more and more and more. What? We had yeah. the original number. Now you're adding more? And the original actor was Dirk Benedict, <laughs> who's been who's been to a couple of conventions around here mm-hmm. anyway and stuff like that. He's a really super awesome, nice guy. And, you know, nothing against him as well. But I just I hear so many people are just really absolutely down with what Katie Sackhoff so brought to the table. The reason why they, they did the gender swap is because Ronald D. Moore, who resurrected Battlestar Galactica, wanted to avoid any comparison of Starbuck to Han Solo. 
Making Starbuck a woman was a way of avoiding what felt would have been the rogue pilot with the heart of gold cliche. Mm. He also wanted to update Kara thrice and bring her into a modern world, explaining the whole notion of women in the military is a relatively new idea. She was still a highly sexual, hard-drinking fighter pilot with blonde hair. That's fair. How, however, though, like, I love that she was flawed. She made some, like, mistakes. Granted, they're in a world, well, not even a world. They fled their world after a giant alien invasion and are on the run every single day of their lives trying to find a new place to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're going to make mistakes in their personal lives. They have a lot going on. And I love that she was flawed. And I think that's part of it. Uh, Didn't she become, like, an alien or something at the end of that? Nah, it's kind of hard to tell. They, they, they left it open-ended. Yeah, there was some, yeah, I just remember there was some weird reborn like, storyline that kind of got resolved, but at the end they were all just staring at stars. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. everyone's kind of happy, guys. And then like it goes into like what would be present-day Earth, and you're like, is this supposed to be actual our actual Earth? Did they come from Earth? What is going on? And then two of the Cylons are there. I don't know. Last and one. On, there's a bunch of them, but the one that like ruffled a lot of feathers, the Ghostbusters reboots with the Ghostbusters oh, reboots yeah, with the girls. It was, it was, I had fun with it. It was fine. I mean, yeah, it had its problems, but also like people did not have to have the anger towards it. It was a fun movie on its own, and I think that if you go back and watch, I think you'd be okay down. with it. Calm down. Right, exactly. <laughs> Calm down, people. Well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy. <laughs>